Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 145 of the Apple Lock Podcast. I'm sorry if I yelled in your ear just there. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's Monday morning, getting the episode a little out a little bit late today, but here we go. If you are an Amazon shopper and you like to uh, shop on Amazon, you can be, do that and support the show at the same time by going to applelock.ca slash Amazon. That's if you're from Canada. If you're from the United States, go to applelock.ca slash US Amazon. And if you click on, if you do those links, you'll be in bookmark them every time you shop on Amazon, use those bookmarked links and you'll be supporting the show. It's called a click through. If you want to do the old fashioned way, go to applelog.ca and click on the Amazon banners listed on the right side, locate your country, Canada, US or the UK. And same thing, bookmark them. And every time you shop, you're supporting the show. If you want to support the show on a monthly basis, go to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. Cancel at any time. You can go to applelog.ca slash shop to buy a t-shirt and buy some music. Hey, if you're on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars, please. You can like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Pod, And you can follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today on the show is Aaron Matz. Aaron and I met for the first time last week. He has a band called Betraying the Martyrs. They're on tour presently right now throughout the United States. They were a French band, but Aaron's from England. So I'm going to play a song right now and check this out. It's heavy as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. 
Uh, no, right? That was really, that was, that's the heaviest thing I've ever played on the show. And that was amazing. It was melodic. It was heavy. It was technical. It was, it was everything. Everybody, Aaron Matz, here he is, my new British friend from England, who's in a French band. Here he is on the Apple Podcast. Woo! from i'm i'm from leicester england uh, uh, i'm english but I've, I've been living in france for seven years now yes okay that that's i was trying to you know i'm i'm also born in england too but uh, i was trying to replace like i don't hear oh. any french in this accent i hear i hear english Hang on, one <laughs> so you've been in france for seven years you say yeah exactly to be in the band or to just to get away from UK. Yeah, yeah, I moved over to join the band initially, mm-hmm. and then just kind of stuck with it. And now I really like it. Like, a, I don't want to go back home. <laughs> where do you? Where is home in France? Paris. Paris. Yeah. Okay. Do you find like living like when you move out of the UK and you go to go to France? Is that sort of like a? It's not that far away from home, really, isn't it? It's not like you're going to America. You can still get home. Yeah, dude, it's super close. It's like. When, if you get on the Eurostar, which is the train that goes under the under the English Channel, mm-hmm. it takes just over an hour to go from Paris directly to London. And if you go from if you go from Paris to London, you arrive at the same time as you left because it's an hour different. <laughs> so you basically time travel. So yeah, I mean, but it's totally different culturally and you know everything else. Yeah, it's so different. I didn't like it at first. I mean, I, I didn't like it, but I was a bit skeptical as to whether I'd like to live there. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, like, I, I'm more culturally culturally attached to the way that you know the French life is. Yeah. I guess. What's the big difference? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so, can you just remind me of your name? I'm Simon. Sorry. Simon. Simon. Okay. Uh, Simon, just so you know, we're going to be. Starting to warm up in. Uh, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay for time. Like forty-five minutes. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so you're in you're in you're in the United States and you're touring around uh, for how long now? Well, we've been in the states now for since since the end of June. So it's been like almost a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, is it your first time in the states? You've been here been there before. No, we've been to the States before. We've been, I think this is our, uh, this summer slot and now coming on to the second slot. This is now our eighth US tour. Wow. So yeah. is, is that, is that where the excitement is for, for music that you play? Or is there still, is there a strong scene in, in Europe and France? I, I would imagine there's a very strong metal scene in, in Europe still. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's a lot of excitement being in a band like, uh, I still get excited about being in the studio and get excited about writing the process too. But of course, I think the most the most adrenaline and, and the reason why we all kind of got into it in the first place is to play shows because that's kind of what you dream of, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, you're not you're not dreaming about writing songs in your bedroom. That's kind of what you do anyway, you know. Yeah. You just kind of you get that passion for the show and being on the road. 
So, um, although we've all grew, grew to kind of enjoy the different parts of it that we've come to know, like equally, the adrenaline and, you know, that kind of childish wonder is still found on the road. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. to escape for a while, too. You know, and when you come back to reality, it sort of makes it, it, it sounds like you're away long enough just to sort of long enough to miss home, but uh, enough to time to say, oh, okay, we're done tour now. Because, um, you know, I like to come, like change things into different compartments rather than mm. you know tour for a bunch of times and just be on the road all the time that would drive me crazy yeah absolutely i mean you know we can be on the road for a week and there will be one day where you know a certain combination of events will, will mean that you just say to yourself oh i'm i'm over it you know but then maybe the next day you'll be like super into it so even after being on the road for two months, sometimes, of course, you're over it. But then it, it, right at the end of the whole two months, you, there will still be days where you're like, just as stoked as that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, mm. at a, you're at a stage with your careers now where you're having sort of a little bit more comfort um, and, and the shows are bigger and there's more recognition of the band. That's a lot of hard work that yeah. you put in. I understand that. You know, the, to put that work in and people appreciating what you do, it's a, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, I mean, look, looking back on all the time that we've put into it, it, it's kind of seemed like it's gone fast. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I think all bands, you still find yourself in positions where, you, you know, like we keep getting bigger and bigger and the comfort's always there. But there's always going to be somebody that's bigger than you. And there's always going to be like, you know, somebody saying you can't do that or that's not for your band or, you know what I mean? Mm. So there's always that motivation to keep climbing and climbing until there's no one's answer to it, I suppose. Yeah, and with, with success comes more um, more issues with being in a band, too, when it comes to like your priorities and, and, and your comfort level and your wants and needs. And, you know, I, I've, you know I've, I've done shows, worked with shows with major rock stars, and I've done shows with punk rock bands and clubs. And in that part in the mm-hmm. middle where you're just about to get to that sort of that part where it's like everybody gets their own hotel room. Like these are big moments in, in bands careers, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, those times when you, when you come to a show and you see your name on your dressing room and you know, no one's coming in and yeah, there was still, still big moments. And even for us, I mean, it depends what, what tour we're on. We can go from one tour where we'll be high up on the bill and you know, you kind of feel, you know, you've got your own dressing room and this and that, and then you come onto other tours, for example, like this one, the Summer Slaughter, where you may be not so high up on the bill, and and some days you're not going to have a green room, and you know somebody's going to turn around and say like, no, that's not for you, or you can't go there, you can't shower today, and mm-hmm. like, you know, like you say, it's been at that point where you're kind of in between, you know, like you might you might have made big breaks in in one area, but you still you still got big breaks to be made, you know. Yeah, and that's what keeps us going. It's very difficult to under to try get people to understand how incredibly hard it is to be successful across a whole country. Um, when you tour, you sometimes the shows are huge and sometimes they're very small. It depends what day of the week it is. Like all these things have huge factors on the success of the show, right? Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know mm. bands that tour in Europe now that they just do weekends. They don't do the weekdays anymore. And it's like, you can do that. It's a possibility for Europeans to, to, to go to another country for the weekend and then come back. Whereas, unfortunately, with Canada 
And in the United States, you can either do West Coast or just do East Coast or do Central or just do South or just do North. You can't, it's tough to really just cover it all on a brief period of time and, and sort of have a home life at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It is definitely a difference between European markets and, and the U.S. market. I feel, I feel to to get a constant fan base in in America across the whole country, for example, America, and and to maintain that fan base, it's a hard thing. You really kind of have to blast it out and keep keep doing it and doing it because I feel like the the American market are so spoiled with the amount of bands and the amount of media and everything that's coming through all the time. And and there's a lot of new kids coming into the scene, like some come and go. So if you don't tour in the States for a year or two, like the the fans' attention span might not be as, as long as it is in Europe, for example. You know, we could go to Germany, spend the rest of the year touring in other countries and then come back to Germany and the fans will still be there and they'll still be loyal because, I don't know, I guess it's a culture difference, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think yeah, in America, you just have to bash it, bash it, bash it. Yeah. Otherwise, you just kind of get lost in the in the sea of, of of your competitors, as it were. Yeah. Well, I my theory is is that Europeans have like an extra their gene pool is is deeper because they've been had they've had culture longer. <laughs> you know, um, I remember. Yeah. You know, it's just an extra thousand years of people understanding what words and art and culture and songs and this, you know, and then over in America, we're really only at four hundred years old. You know, period. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, yeah, Europe, Europe is obviously true. tens of thousands of years years old. Where there's been more there. That's true. That's true. And I guess, uh, I guess the American market, the American public is maybe still, you know, they're still finding new cultures. You know, like for mm-hmm. example, this the rap culture, the changes, and there's new crazies that come and go, and it's like you know, the big thing, and it's like huge at that point. And then they're still kind of finding their culture. You know, I guess it's like being built yeah. as it goes. You know? Yeah, and and when I used to go over there, I went over there in the early two thousands. I was in my thirties when I went across and played music. I couldn't, I couldn't get anybody recognizing my band in the or sorry, the mid two thousands. I couldn't get anybody to like my band here in the uh, in Canada. So I went to Europe, and people were like, "We don't care what people look like here. Like they don't have, they didn't have like much music or music TV." They didn't care about image-based stuff, and uh, I said this a few times. But you're, you know, look at look at the Scorpions. I mean, look at them. They're old men, and they still play at the Ginormous Dome somewhere in Europe, somewhere. You know. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> um, I'm thinking of an example. I think it was. I think it was Kings of Leon. Hmm. Uh, obviously, a huge band now. The American band, or maybe Canadian. Not too sure. Yeah, American. They made their, yeah, American. But they made their big break in England and in Europe. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they was you know things wasn't quite working out for them, and they came over to England and uh, kind of made the most of their thriving British indie scene, and then they got huge, and then I think they went back to America, and then it kind of rolled off the back of that, you know. Yeah, England's always been sort of that place. Like if you make it in England, then everybody else kind of follows. It's it's sort of Europe's America. So you know, in America, if you if you have a huge hit in America, um, Canada will just follow along because 
that's the way we roll. <laughs> you know, we look at the trends and the trends are, oh, Americans sort of build the trends. Canadians sometimes get a, a bit in there. But but when it comes yeah, to trend yeah. setting, America generally is the starting point. If you want to make it big, you know, I worked for uh, Sum 41 for a couple of years as their tour manager. And uh, they had okay. like Fat Lit was their big single in America. And they'd only played 10 shows in Canada and it went gold, you know, so... Only because of the back of being an American, selling fifty thousand records a week in America, and Canada was like, "Well, I guess, I guess we'll sell it too," you know. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was something happens in America, and everyone in the whole world kind of knows about it. You know. Yeah. And yeah, you you've got a point in saying yeah, England is kind of Europe's America, or or, or England is to Europe what perhaps. California is to the rest of the state. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you've been, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I really appreciate you taking this time though. But um, the. Oh, no. Hey, listen, I have got, I've got a bit, I've got quite a bit of time. I've got a lot more time than I thought I would. Okay. And I'm having a great time talking to you. So please feel free to elaborate <laughs> in any way. Absolutely. Um, so what, what's your favorite city in the state so far, like on this tour and sort of in general? Uh, on on this tour, the, the summer tour is not long started. Um, I had a great time in New York, obviously. I mean, pre-European coming over, it's always really nice to see those kind of, you know, those keys, those key states. You know, the New York and being there in California, it just feels good. It's a good feeling being there. You know, mm-hmm. just being in the location is is impressive enough for somebody like me. <laughs> so, uh, but as far as like uh, reactions going, I really like. We played Colorado Springs on our last tour, and that was great. Yeah, wow. Um, and I'm not just saying this because you said you were Canadian, mm. but Toronto was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, this is something about the vibe, you know. I really don't want to want to get sound rude in any way, but there's some there's some city there's some states and some cities in the US, just like there is some cities in Europe, you know. The, it's just unpredictable. You might not know so much about the place and you might feel a little bit uneasy, you know, just being there. But in, in Toronto, as soon as we got there, it just felt like a good vibe. You know, everyone's really nice and a good vibe to the city. The weather was a little bit cooler. It just all felt a little bit more familiar to us. Yeah. And just, yeah, just being there was great. And uh, we played at the Opera House, which is a great, was a great venue. Yeah. Um, and then we yeah we met up with some fans afterwards and we became really good friends with some people and it was weird I walked down the street yeah it might maybe a little bit of a boring story but it's crazy yeah. for me so I used to work in Leicester for a, for a man uh, anyway I didn't really think much of it and then this guy hits me up and he says ah oh, I've moved I've married an Australian woman uh, an American woman excuse me and now I live in Florida. It hit me up on Facebook, my old, so I'm like, okay, right, let's meet up, let's go have a beer. And I met him in Jacksonville, Florida, who then told me, he said, when you go to Toronto, Canada, go to this bar, it's called blah, blah, blah. I had no idea. I was a little bit, you know, we'd had a few beers. Mm. And he told me to go, and he says, somebody from Leicester City owns this bar, and he's a friend of mine. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even remember him saying that, but he, you know, he reminded me afterwards, yeah, I said that. I completely forgot So we played in Toronto, Went out looking for some bars, and I just wandered off with the guy that I'd met in Canada, in Toronto. Just me and him, and we walked into this random bar. I go to order a drink and look up. The first thing I see is a Leicester City Football Club flag, <laughs> and the guy behind the bar is this guy who's friends with my old boss, 
where he told me to go, but I forgot, but I ended up there anyway. It's really <laughs> insane. It's a small yeah, world, it's right? Crazy. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just yeah, I mean that was great. Toronto was fantastic. Really looking forward to going to San Francisco. I've never been there too. Yeah. And we yeah, there's a lot of a lot of states and a lot of places that I'm excited to be and we haven't been to the States in about two and a half years almost. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, shit, I really hope I can get over to America, you know, like thinking of the times it was here before and maybe didn't quite, you know, maybe took it for granted. So this time around, I'm like, okay, so you never know when it's going to end and when you're never going to come back. So yeah. Really, yeah, they I'm might. Trying to take it all in, you know? Yeah, they might figure out, like, maybe the French people are mean people uh, and we're going to put a ban on them, like the United States. Like we don't, we don't need to talk too much yeah. about the cultural differences between you know Europe and America or Canada and America. But mm. it's very drastic. There's a line between us and, and America, but we are by no means. Uh, and I, you know, I know lots of very very cool people in America, but there's a cultural right. difference, big cultural difference, and uh, enormous. And it's scary. It's frightening, you know, like what's happening with the with the state of um, their politics and what's happening. And I'm sure there's a lot of people freaking out right now. People that are sort of on this side of the podcast, which is a little more left leaning, I would imagine. Um, I don't think there's right. too many Make America Great hats hanging up on hooks listening to this podcast. So, uh, you know, I I feel, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, it's 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 absolutely terrifying to be the you know they're going to end their possible trade agreement with us if we don't fall in line it's it's frightening it's insane um yeah i'm not i don't like to have too many strong uh, opinions on on politics i don't really i don't really pay that much attention you know i yeah. mean i kind of you know yeah. I, I hear what i hear but i don't like actively go and seek information but what i have realized here although i do try and avoid it at any cost when politics does come into conversation here in America, it's such a divisive topic. Mm-hmm. You know, it would come up and, you know, voices are getting raised and this fucking... You know, people have a lot to say because I guess there's so many media outlets that are maybe, I don't know if they're paid to put out their opinions or not, but there's so many drastic one-sided opinions coming out of so many different media outlets and, and you know, people... It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Well, what I'm trying to say is it's a very divisive subject. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we can dance a little bit around it, but having two parties as a, in America is, is, is what polarizes the country to begin with, you know? And, uh, you know, Canada yeah. has a four, we have four parties that are actively, you know, three and four parties that actively are voted on. So it's a different, and you can spread right. that, whatever your political views, a, a little bit, you know, more thin across a, a wider range of, you know, Exactly. Yeah, similar yeah. to what's yeah to what we have in England. Yeah, yeah. What is? Uh, I mean, Holland has a bunch too. Like Holland's like has something like twenty different parties or something. That yeah, maybe I'm just making that well, up. It's crazy. No, well, yeah, maybe they do. Maybe maybe they just give you know the less represented ones a little bit more of a chance and a little bit yeah. more courage. I'm not sure. Yeah, but yeah. I think it might be something to do. It's also a cultural thing, you know, like people, the way people put out their opinions. I've noticed that uh, bumper stickers are a big thing over here. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just public, very loudly, publicly uh, stating opinions, you know. Yeah. Like on your car, that, that's, that's crazy. I, but I guess, you know, it's just a cultural thing, just the way how how people 
are allowed to express ourselves in social situations and maybe you know yeah. they find different ways to, to do that yeah i've you know it's funny i i yeah there is a lot of bumper stickers and there's a lot of a lot of shirts that have like things like you know that have statements in, in the same thing too and I, you know, I don't know. That's uh, we're kind of getting off the topic of music, but uh, yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's, uh, let's get back on that. Let's yeah. get back on music. You know, that's what the show's about. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, the fact that you guys are on tour and you're playing music, it's uh, a lot of bands and a lot of musicians. Sort of, they need to know sort of like how incredibly hard it is just to get to the part of getting in a van and taking off across, you know, a country, whether it be yours or anyone else. It's a very hard thing to do, and, and to be able to rise to it, I think it gets ignored a lot, you know, because when someone becomes super successful, popular, it's like, well, they, they made it. They had an easy road, and a lot of bands have, like, a 10-year run before they even actually have any sort of success, short or long. Yeah. You know, and totally. it's a very hard struggle, you know, so that needs to be recognized, especially, you know, you, know, you guys and things, because, you know, do you find, like, commercial music, does, like, does that sort of, like, affect what you guys generate like are you sort of rebelling against you know what's considered commercialized music um no no as much as uh you know we do have obviously very heavy music at some points but that's just that's just a result of everyone else everyone in the band's kind of uh you know influences but we have such a large, this very cliche thing to say, but we do have a very large spectrum of uh, influences. And we we actually try and embrace pop culture as, as much as we can. You know, like we do really embrace the metal music and that's why it comes through so much in our music. But uh, yeah, we, we don't we don't in any way try and rebel against pop culture. Although I can imagine that a lot of bands on this summer slot of bill like do, I, I'm sure they do pride themselves in that too. But we like to embrace the underground, you know, I guess, the, the heavy stuff. But we also, yeah, I guess I would say that we embrace the pop culture. We're not afraid to, to throw, like, a cheesy cheesy chorus in there. And not just not just to get the ka-ching, but I guess because we like it, you know. Yeah. No, I noticed, yeah, with... And also, the, what the music... What, you, what a band listens to in the vehicle while they're driving down the road determines what you know what i mean what type of people they are in general you know like you know i used to i used to tour with snfu i don't know if you know who that is but they're mm-hmm. snfu an old punk rock band from the 80s i was okay. the sound guy right. and they were on epitaph and they put some records out in the early 90s and um okay. but we would listen Sounds to like you have a lot more experience than me i don't know why you're asking me questions yeah <laughs> we you seem to have a big book full of Full of experience. I'm, I'm kind of nervous talking to you. Now. Oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous, young grasshopper. Um, no, but the the music you listened to in the van was always like not punk rock. It was not music that was sort of like what we would go up and they would get up and play every night. Like there was obviously, you know, right. it, it, to, to be able to spread that spectrum very wide, it, it allows you to come back to your music or music that you're comfortable with and stretch it a bit more. And, you know, that's kind of what I hear, like on your, on your recordings and what I heard in, in your songs. Yeah. Oh, you there? Oh, it doesn't matter what the genre of music is. Good music, musicianship is good musicianship. If, if an electric song or a pop song, if it's well written, then that's, you know, it's just a fact it's well written. And there's no shame of taking inspiration from a different genre and bringing it back to yours, you know? Yeah. And the exciting part is making it so it actually is yours, and and you know, 
you know exactly yeah if you you know you've done your job right when you can actually do it that way right yeah definitely i mean not not i'm not to not to throw shade on any other bands but there are there are some bands out there that try and mix you know maybe using out genre as an example the the, the heavy metal and then the, the kind of poppy aspect there are bands that seem to seem to mix the two a bit more shamelessly and you know a bit more seamlessly and uh, it, it doesn't always come out great you know? no uh, out to to mix the two in a way you know that kind of seamless and makes sense yeah the important part is honesty mm. i mean if you're if you're honestly doing something then it's going to translate no matter what producer you've used or what recording studio you've played in or what instruments you've played the honesty is always that thing that sort of pushes up to the top and say this is what we mean we mean what we say you know i, I agree with you. there's a lot of fakers out there you know that you're like eh, yeah Thanks, yeah, but don't waste my time with the fake shit, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they see a fan coming, you know. Like, oh, I guess it's cool to put electro music. So let's just do what we've always done, and then boom, throw in this little, throw in this new gimmick, and then, you know, if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, as cliche as it sounds, it's always going to come across in the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I'm I'm gonna let's. Um... Let's cut it off there because it sounds like you're gonna be you're on stage at four, right? Uh, no. I think we're on stage I think we we either do four thirty or five. Oh okay. We we're, we're, we're flip flopping with the lawn ashore. Okay. Where are you yeah, today? One, one. We're in Knoxville, Tennessee right ah, now. Ah, nice. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. I love it's a good day. It's yeah. Great it's a great city. Mm. Um, and we're, and when, so you're going through, I'll put all the dates up because obviously the ones that have passed aren't really important anymore, but the ones that are coming up, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll post all those dates and, uh, anything else okay. you need to, you know, with, if you want to come on this show anytime, man, um, and maybe when, uh, if, you know, fuck, I missed you in Toronto, but I have also have another life that creates a lot of, <laughs> there's no uh, space for me, yeah. you know, I'm busy. So, uh, I, uh, Absolutely. you have the email, hit, hit me up. Yeah. Is up. yeah, and now you have my number, which will be my phone number until the end of this tour. So if you ever want to get a call for a chat, for sure, absolutely, go ahead. Yeah, man, me too. And uh, yeah, if you have anything cool you want to want to put out or do or any of that stuff, the door is open here. I appreciate talking to good people. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just thank you. I would like to say thank you to the Canadian public for having us back. It was very. Little uh, surprise with the response that we had coming back to Canada. Obviously, being a French band is a very small link with the French-speaking Canadians, but you know, it always feels good to come back. Mm-hmm. Lot, lots of beautiful people, lots of very beautiful women over there. Had a yeah. great time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just keep checking us out. Yeah. Did you make it to Quebec at all? No, we didn't. We only yeah. did two shows on the last tour. Yeah, we you were did. in London, Ontario, and in, in Toronto. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which is a shame. We really wanted to go over there. Yeah. Have you played Quebec before, like Montreal and Quebec City? Yeah, La Tulipe. Yeah. What do you think of the the French Canadian accent? Is completely weird for Parisian French people. Yeah. Excuse me. The French Canadian accent, like French Canadian language is so completely oh, different yeah. to the France. Like, I hear people say it sounds like Old English, like people speaking, like, in Shakespearean language, but France. Yeah, big French. Time. It's so 
weird. We talked with the guys from uh, a band called Beneath the Massacre. I'm not sure if they're still together. Uh-huh. A very heavy band from Canada, from Quebec. And I just remember trying to understand what they were saying. Even I wasn't, I didn't speak that good French at the time. Mm-hmm. But even my guys, like being full on French, they had no idea what they were trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really no idea. You know, somebody's talking to a French person in French and they're just looking around like, I have, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Can we just do the English? Like, I have no idea what you're saying. There's some people actually from Montreal that go to like northern parts of Quebec who can't speak French with the people up there. So it's a, it's a, it's a very, yeah, the the language is funky, 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 funky. Yeah. But um, okay, man. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks for doing this show, and uh, I'll let you know when it comes out. And uh, good luck on the tour. Stay safe. Um, you know, don't drive all night. Okay. Eat well. Absolutely. Oh yeah, we're trying. We we'll do. Thank you for your time, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Yeah, and uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Okay, Aaron. Take care. Bye, man. Aaron Matz from Betraying the Martyrs. That was fun. Nice conversation. And yeah, we had to use the phone because for some reason the place he was at had no Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi was really crappy. So he couldn't actually make a a proper uh, computer-to-computer connection. So he had to use his phone. So that explains the audio situation there. So you can go to BetrayingTheMartyrs.com. Check out their tour dates and what they're doing. Um, Go check out their music on iTunes. Go to their record label. And which is all listed in BetrayingTheMartyrs.com and go buy something because bands need love. They do. They need love, right? I'm stating the obvious, but they're true. They do need love. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode and all the other episodes. I'm coming up fast on episode 150 and I'm trying to get a special, special guest for number 150, but this guest is proving to be a little bit tricky to get. I've been trying for about four years. No, actually, I've been trying about two years to get this one guest on my show. And um, it's just not working out timing-wise. It's, it's a thing with management. There's a bunch of other stuff in play. So it's not just me calling my old friend up saying, hey, let's do a show. It, there's a lot of stuff involved. So hopefully by five episodes, we'll have it wrapped up and we'll have something going. And, you know, I'll, I, you know I even feel like just getting on a plane and flying to that person and, and doing the episode and flying home. So yeah, there you go. That's a baller move. So, thanks once again. Thank you, Amazon shoppers, for going to applelog.ca slash Amazon. Uh, Amazon? Oh. And also, thanks for the American app Amazon users going to applelog.ca slash US Amazon. Bookmark the links. Thanks to my patrons. Thanks for going to the Applelog shop and buying something. Buy something. I'm running out of t-shirts again. So, let's get some more t-shirt people purchases. Get this. Because then I can maybe change the design. So, everybody, we'll see you next week. All right, have a great one, and thanks for coming, like I said, every week. 